Come to High Five the Game Night at the Crying Wolf in East Nashville, the last Wednesday of every month. Bill Murray, bingo. Bill Murray, bingo. Bill Murray, bingo. You are now listening to High Five the Podcast, a movie podcast for people who like other stuff too. Now let's join our hosts, Q and J, as they broadcast live from the writer's room. The show starts in one... When you called me on my cellular telephone. Cellular telephone? Yes. Have you heard of these new newfangled contraptions where you can talk to people from miles away? <laughs> Young whippersnapper, did you know this is not even connected to a wall? What sort of sorcery are we living in? It's <laughs> amazing. Um, yeah, so... Uh, Should I'm we s- do a whole episode in the 1950s announcer voice? I think so. That would be like the top 10... 1950s announcer voice movies. Yeah, I don't think that bit would get old at all. <laughs> yeah, see, we've got number five. Yeah, people would be like, "Come, come, tune into the old timey speaking podcast." <laughs> <laughs> that should totally be our new podcast, the, the old timey speaking, speaking podcast. podcast. <laughs> and there's no like point to it. We just can talk we, in wait, that that old voice. Can we call it speakeasy? We can. Right. We can, okay. So now, okay, we're starting right now. We're going to abandon the show that we've been doing for like almost no two more years hi- now. High Five Podcast is dead. It's dead. You're now listening to the Speakeasy Podcast. Where we talk all crazy like you mugs. <laughs> <laughs> Don't... <laughs> Don't look now, but Mr. Robinson's got a brand new Studebaker. Oh, no. Watch out. That cat is wielding a gun. <laughs> Ooh, you better keep it real close <laughs> to the vest, because that single lady's got a job. What? She's not what? part of the... St- she's not part of the steno pool? <laughs> <laughs> she's got a real human man job. <laughs> that wacky woman? <laughs> Somebody better wife her quick and stick her back in the kitchen where she belongs. <laughs> wife her quick. <laughs> That's the name of the podcast. <laughs> Wife her <Wife> quick. quick. <laughs> awesome. Also, let me just note here that uh, High Five the Podcast does not endorse misogyny and or uh, in- inequality amongst uh, roles. Gender it is roles. true. We love them dames. <laughs> They're wonderful for making the babies and food. <laughs> How do you think your dinner gets on your plates? <laughs> Who's a- picking out China? Not you, sir. <laughs> That's ridiculous. We've sending out Bed Bath & Beyond coupons far and wide. <laughs> That's outright. How come immediately, immediately, anytime that voice starts, it immediately becomes like far more racist and misogynistic. Is that because we're making America great we're making again? making America great again. That's what we're going back <laughs> to. Exactly we all just have to get on board because that's what America was great again, again for. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think that made any sense. It makes as much sense as the actual phrase. Oh, God. So, um... See? Yeah. Uh, Real quick, I got a segue for you. You ready? Okay. All right. So, we just talked about a new podcast that we're going to run, right? Uh Uh-huh. Speak Easy slash Wife Her Quick, (laughs) which technically would be a spinoff of High Five, the podcast. And today, we're talking... Spin-off television shows. So real quick, before we lose our momentum, we should high-five and get right into it. High-five, see? High-five. Should we high-five? High-five! 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 High-five, son! Woo! High-five! Don't let me hang it. Wife or quick 
nearly made me choke. <laughs> Why? That makes me happy. That was so funny. That's what I go for. Yeah. Hilarity. Actually, I was actually very proud of myself because I made you break two or three times in Bill Murray Bingo last week. Oh, for sure. <laughs> and 100%. I was, I don't remember what it was, but I was so happy that I made you break. The audience was happy. Yeah. We were all happy. You win. I win. You're throwing things. <laughs> it's fine. This is fine. I, Everything's I think, fine. I think my favorite, the the gag that got the most laugh is when we kept making fun of that girl who cheated and didn't have a single one. That was hilarious, <laughs> that was though. Right. She totally came up with her card and was like, hey, guys, I got a Murray. And we're like, from when? Like, <laughs> our game last month? We've already, we've already, we've only said three clues. She didn't have a single matching <laughs> one know. that we had called, which made it even better, because I was like hoping, I was like, okay, maybe she's got like one or yeah. two and she just misheard. Yeah. Some, but as you listed them off, I was like, nope, we haven't called that. Nope, we didn't call that. I was getting so excited when you said nope to everyone that I was hoping we were getting all five nopes, and we did. Yeah, we did. And then that, and then making fun of the guy who thought Bill Murray starred in Sully. (laughs) (laughs) Forgot about that. He was like, Sully. (laughs) And you, like, we just paused the whole show for a second, and you were like, wait, wait, wait. Do you think that Bill Murray (laughs) is in the movie Sully? And he was like, uh, and I saw the recognition on his face. Like, as soon as you pointed it out, I saw him go, oh, wait a minute. That's Tom Hanks. And then he hung his head, like, dejectedly. In shame. Like, oh, oh, damn it. That was a good, that was a good game night. You know, that's why people should come check it out. Because we'll make fun of you mercilessly if you're wrong about your Bill Murray trivia. Shameless plug, East Nashville, last Wednesday of every month at the Crying Wolf. Bill Murray, bingo. Come and let us make fun of you. Which is, uh, actually, come and let us make fun of you. (laughs) Yeah, just come, and then come by and play. Or you can just come while you're there. Yeah, and we'll make fun of you either way. I don't care. Um, Which is also, ironically, kind of a segue, is that Bill Murray, bingo is a spinoff of this podcast as well. You did it, too. We both did it. Yours was better. We both had spinoffs. I have to admit. See? We're taking spin class. (laughs) Like the women folks. (laughs) No. No. <laughs> no. Oh, man. I hate 1950 announcers me. Do you? Yeah. I do, too. <laughs> <laughs> Jay McGillicuddy. See? He's coming up next to the plate, and the batter swings, and it's a hit. A long, hard drive to the bat, to the backfield. I don't know sports. <laughs> <laughs> he runs right by them, Puerto Ricans. <laughs> he's rounding first, and he's hinned to the goal line. <laughs> <laughs> Watch uh, out for them point balls. <laughs> Things get wacky. All right. So anyway, in the wild world of ABC Sports, <laughs> now that we've we sound like one of those fucking like Disney Goofy teaches you how to sports ball. <laughs> Stay tuned for next week's Battle of the Network Stars. <laughs> God damn it! That's right. coming back. Do you Battle see that? Battle of the Network Stars. Battle of the Network no, Stars. But hold on. Speaking of, uh, this is not really a spinoff, but speaking of revived television series, did you see that they have a new gong show? Yeah. Featuring Mike Myers as the host, but not as Mike Myers. Yeah, in character. In character and in like a hundred pounds of prosthetics. Yeah. It's like For his version. Episode. It's like his version of Jiminy Glick, but it's not a joke. Right. Or it may be a joke, but no one knows. <laughs> or, even better, it may be a joke and no one gets it. <laughs> like, it's a joke for no one. For well, It's for him. It's so weird, though. They are bringing a whole lot of those back, and that's actually kind of will segue us into our, our, yeah, our totally. spinoff conversation. But a lot of those game shows 
aren't being spun off or recreated. They're just being redone. I mean, they brought back Love Connection. They brought back The Dating Game. They brought back, what was that one that Alec Baldwin hosted for a little while? It was like a oh, panel of celebrities. Uh, the match game? Went, yeah, the match game. Like, they've brought a bunch or, of those back. Was it match game or Hollywood Squares? Uh, I think it was the match game. Because Hollywood Squares hasn't come back yet. I give it a it year will, or two. I'm sure. And then Family Feud's still around. They rebooted The Price is Right while The Price is Right is still going. <laughs> That's true. Um, but, I mean, these these were games that were off the air. You know, if unless they're going to bring back, you know, No Whammy, No Whammy, Stop. I'm, I'm going to get on board for that one. But Totally into It's that. weird. It's weird how that? they bring them all back. Million Dollar Pyramid? Ooh, I would watch that. Or uh, I would pa- totally watch what that. Was it Password? I would watch that too. Or uh, let's I really just, like game I'm just shows. List really old game shows. <laughs> we should probably start listing spinoff TV shows. Probably. So that's, that's what we're our talking top about. five. Yeah. So we're talking about top five television spinoff series. And those, though, for those who are unacquainted with what a spinoff is, that is where you have an original show, such as a. Uh, give me an example. Like Tra- a like a Happy Days. Uh, yes, a Happy or an Days. All in the Family. Yes. Both of which had multiple spinoffs. So Happy Days, one that I can think of right off the bat is Joni Loves Chachi. Mm-hmm. That was a spinoff. Yep. Uh, what Mork else? And, we got Mork that? and Mindy Mork was and Mindy. a spinoff. Laverne and Shirley was a spinoff of that show. Yep. Um, all in the Family had like three or four. The Jeffersons came from that. Yep. Good Times eventually came from that. Maud came from that. Um, so basically, it's when a show has a successful character yes. or several successful characters, and the network decides to make a television show focusing on those characters. Correct. Oh. Like they did with Joey in Friends. Ex- yes, very <laughs> unsuccessfully. Most of many of them are successful, which actually made this list a little bit harder to pin down because there are a shit ton of spinoffs. There are a there shit ton. are not a lot that I would consider great. There are yes. some, and the ones that I have on my list I consider great, but there aren't a lot that are just really in that top echelon. I would totally agree with that. I also think, um, for me, <clears throat> and we were talking about this a little bit, when I was making this list, I mean, primarily, yes, like you said, there have been a shit ton of spinoff shows, but there haven't actually been a shit ton of spinoff shows that I've watched. Oh, yeah. And also a shit ton that I haven't, like, I didn't enjoy. Right. So for me, while you may have had, like, a plethora of options, for me, mine, as far as shows that I actively watched and actively enjoyed or was a fan of, um, it was actually pretty slim. Like, I would say my five is probably the five. I can probably guess at least one of yours, knowing... I can almost guarantee that Knowing a show that you are obsessed with and the spinoff that came from it, I can pretty much guess... At least one of them. For sure. But before we get into the list, one of the things I did want to ask you is I started to come up with weird qualifications for this. um, And I was kind of wondering what your parameters were when you were putting this together. Like, did you include continuation shows? Did you include – and they're technically spinoffs, but like for me, I'll give you an example – I didn't include any of the, like, NCIS or CI, CSI. I, like, CSI, CSI Miami, CSI New well, York. Well, those suck. Well, they do suck, but I didn't but yes, count any I, of those. I did. I totally did. Because technically, okay. they're, I consider it a spinoff. Because okay. they're, they're taking a successful show concept, and they're spinning it off into multiple other series. Right. 
I mean, yes, with that definition, it makes sense. But my definition of a spinoff was a popular character right. that is then moved or relocated into a different situation. And so for those where it just takes the concept of a show right. and puts it in a different city, and I now, didn't now I actually I didn't, eliminated all those. Okay, so I don't want to give any of mine away. Right. Mine isn't something like that. I mean, it's it's similar. I have one on my list that is a continuation of a show or a a sh- a universe sharing show right but is not necessarily a continuation of right. a show okay so i have one universe sharing show but in my definition of it yes i feel like if it takes place in the same sandbox it counts it counts okay like i would consider um yeah yeah okay i feel like if it takes place in the same same universe same sandbox I'll allow it. I'll okay. allow it. I was a little bit more strict than that. I really... I, see, if I would have done that, I wouldn't have had a top yeah. five list. Well, and that's fine. I was just... Like, for mine, it had to be a single character that then was expanded into their own show. So, let's uh, let's poll the audience. Okay. Let's say, guys, let it... Guy, and gals. Guys and gals. Guys and dolls. <laughs> let us let us know. Uh, reach out to us via Twitter, uh, at hi, the number five, the podcast. Um and let us know yeah. if if you feel like a universe sharing show can be considered a spinoff, such as a NCIS Miami or right. or Portugal or, or New whatever. York or yeah. Germany, Zimbabwe <laughs> um, counts as a spinoff series, or if you feel that it's a spinoff of a character from a show, a character centric or character led show. Let us know. Yeah, reach I out. Wanna, I want to know what everybody's thoughts is, and then anyone who disagrees with me, I will consider <laughs> wrong. We will put you on the hit list. Ha ha. Tee hee. That's what he does yeah. to me. So don't worry. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty excited about cool. this. I feel like we've got a lot of potential to discuss some really interesting television series. Um, so I say, Jay, would you start it? Would you do us the honors? I will. Of you? being my wife. Wait, oh, what? Wait. Oh, I said I will. <laughs> I already said I do. <laughs> what? Oh, okay. Good. I, I'm locked All in right. now. What? I'm I already said I me. do. What? Divorce is illegal in this country now. <laughs> um. All right, so all right, Handmaid's Tale, <laughs> which is a spinoff of, of Wings. The Simpsons. Oh, oh. <laughs> that's actually Oops. it's ironic that you mentioned that. I many people will consider Simpsons a spinoff of the Tracy Ullman show. Of the Tracy Ullman show, I do not have it in my list. Spoiler alert! Because <laughs> what? That was one I was going to say. I can almost guarantee was on your list. I, for whatever reason, when I was being very particular, because uh, it was a skit segment in another show. Yeah. It was just an elongation of that skit as opposed to a like a spinoff show it's in my still, mind. That's totally a spinoff. It kind of is, but I, I sort of... Because that even follows under your, like, it takes successful characters yeah, I, I and know. spins them off into their own series. In this specific case, I didn't I didn't include any skit show spinoffs, like anything okay. for Saturday Night Live, anything. Yeah. Okay. Have there been some of those? Uh, Yeah, one or two. Like characters that... Moved off. I know they. I know they movies. made movies like Coneheads and a bunch of those right. got made. Wayne's I think World. there was one or two that spun off into a TV show. Relative man. Um, but for for whatever reason, I eliminated ones that came from skit shows mm. because it's I not an established bastion of characters. Like sure. you remember, and and you actually probably will remember this, but that that show that was on Nickelodeon in the nineties. It was just a whole bunch of basically short cartoon pilots. Yes. What was that show called? Oh, uh, oh, oh yeah, cartoons? oh yeah, oh yeah. That's right. Oh yeah, cartoons. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's right. 
See, I wouldn't consider those spinoffs either because it was just a bunch of little skits. The one that became popular got elongated. Yes. So, <clears throat> anyway, irregardless, um, or regardless, Simpsons is not on my list because of that reason. Um, my number five, actually, is what I would consider a very classic spinoff, and it's Family Matters. Ooh, I like that very much. Yeah. I like it so much that it is also my number five. Is it really? It High totally five. is. Are you kidding me? The Winslows, man. Yeah. I'm totally down with Carl Winslow. Well, this is one that, you know, watching it growing up on the TGIF Friday night block, uh-huh. um, I didn't really realize it was a spinoff because I didn't watch Perfect Strangers growing up. Yes. And the, the simple fact that, you know, Harriet Winslow was like the elevator maintenance or the elevator guide person yes. in one season of Perfect yes. Strangers I didn't know any of that. I just knew that it came on before Boy Meets World. Sure. And so I loved the show. Um, and realizing later in life that it was a spinoff, it's like, oh, well, that's a very successful spinoff. It ran totally. longer than Perfect Strangers. Oh, absolutely. Hell, it ran longer than The Cosby Show. Definitely. Um, I think this one had nine seasons. Family Matter had nine seasons. I, can I just point out the fact that you just said this one? This one? Yeah. Yeah, that was so good. This one? This one here had <laughs> nine seasons. Yeah, you horny? <laughs> <laughs> Just for uh, people who are wondering, that's uh, inside an inside joke. joke from High Five Home Movies. Which you got to come to if yeah. you want to be part of those jokes. Otherwise, fuck you. Everyone who was there is part of that joke now. But everyone else, you're not laughing. Um, the only, actually, and I read this is, is interesting to me, is Family Matters is the only African-American-based sitcom that is the longest running one outside of the Jeffersons. Because okay. Jeffersons ran for 11 seasons, which Jeffersons is also Holy a shit. spinoff. I didn't even realize the yeah. Jeffersons ran. Yeah, it's a spinoff of Family Matters. Yep. I mean, not Family Matters, all, all in the family. And um, Family Matters ran for nine. That's crazy. So same as um, Seinfeld, actually. But I I really liked Family Matters. Sure. Um, uh, ob- so did I. Obviously, as a kid, Steve... Steve Urkel was very appealing to me. Which is crazy because he wasn't even the the concept of the show. Like, the show ended up... That was definitely a show that transformed as it went on its run. Originally, it's simply about the Winslow family and their goings-on. And Steve Urkel was this neighbor character. No, he was... uh, Sorry sorry to uh, disagree right off the bat. He initially was just a nerdy classmate of Laura's who had a crush on her. Okay. He was not the neighbor initially. Okay. Um, Either way, he was but, an ancillary character was yes. the point. Like, he was not at all, like, intended to be a major He character. was a plot device for a, a single episode. Sure. And then people fell in love. Just loved the, the Jaleel White character. Yeah, um now that was hilarious. An interesting bit of trivia I did read about this show is Jaleel White was originally cast... As a white guy? No, to play Rudy. Really? Yes. Rudy was initially supposed to be a boy, and Jaleel White was auditioned for that part and then lost out to the girl who ended up playing Rudy, and then they cast him in this one-off episode, and it became so popular that they made him the driving force of the show. Um, and actually, Key and Peele have a hilarious sketch. Have you seen the Key and Peele sketch about Family Matters? I have not. It's it's basically, uh, you know Jordan Peele does great horror homages. But oh, yeah. But it's basically a horror homage about the behind-the-scenes of Family Matters. And um, Jordan Peele plays Carl Winslow, arguing about like how he doesn't have any screen time because of Steve Urkel. 
And then the producers of the show are all freaking out because Steve Urkel has so much power. And then Steve Urkel basically makes them all commit suicide. <laughs> Amazing. It's pretty crazy. That and is pretty, pretty great. crazy. I need to see that. <clears throat> it is. It is pretty great. But yeah, for me, Family Matters was just a very well done comedy show that, and I think that's the staple of any good spinoff is that you don't necessarily need to equate it with the show that it spun off from. It should stand Stand on on its own. own. I'd say beyond that. So not only did this show stand on its own, this show became a cultural phenomenon. Like Steve Urkel became massive. We're talking, he was a brand to himself, merchandising toys, did you are you aware of all of the shows that the Steve Urkel character crossed over into? I know almost every TJF show. Yeah, uh, I mean he was in Full House, Full House, Step by Step, uh-huh. uh, Boy Meets World. Yep, he uh, that one is near and dear to our hearts. He uh, he he sent a chain letter to Corey Matthews, never seen in the episode, but just mentioned. Yep. But literally, that's how how much of like the zeitgeist that it got into yeah. is like they were this character who was not the intended main <laughs> character of the show then became like yeah. the bastion of family matters. Well, and even on top of that, like let's Jaleel White has come out in interviews and said that in those early seasons that caused a lot of strife between him and the other. I cast would members. imagine so. Well, and even on top of that, not only was Steve Urkel so popular. Jaleel White played like eight characters on that show. He went full Eddie Murphy. Oh, because he played his own female cousin. Yep. He played his the cool version yeah, of himself. Stefan Urkel. Yeah. He played like a a pair of twins or like his aunt and uncle or something. He he was eight different characters on that show throughout the run of the throughout the run of the series. So not only was he more popular, but he's also getting more screen time because he's in Every scene. Right, which is absolutely nuts. And I I mean, to be fair, as someone, I mean, it, it basically, like, I feel like this is like an ultimate spinoff. It basically spun off into another show within itself. It really you know what did. I mean? Like, it was a spinoff of... Um, of itself. Yeah, of Perfect Strangers. And then Family Matters kind of spun off into basically the Urkel show. Yes, because it's, it's spun off of another character. And I have to admit, I'm kind of fine with it. While oh, totally. I loved, you know, the Winslows, I loved, you know, uh, what's, man, what's that main actor's name? Van Johnson or Van oh, Jensen? Re- Reginald, or, Reginald Van Johnson? Something like that. Oh. Um, the perpetual movie and television cop. As oh, I like to call Reginald him. Vell Johnson. Vell Johnson, not Van From, Johnson. From uh, Die Hard. Yes, and Die Hard too. That's right. Um, and he plays a cop in everything. Die he Harder. A, he was a cop in Turner and Hooch. He was a cop in this. He was a cop in like another TV he show. He just looks like a cop. He looks like a cop. Um, but it really did. I ended up liking the humor better, especially the age that I was. I was one of the people that liked Steven, or, um, Steve Urkel best on that show. I thought his chasing of Laura was funny um you know however misogynist it may have been sure. at, at, at parts he really did adore her so that was good um I actually was a big fan of his girlfriend Myra oh when yeah, she came on uh Myra Monkhouse yeah, was her yeah, name yeah I totally forgot about that I character. really liked her character I always thought she was way prettier than Laura Winslow anyway um the, the, the sad part is is that you know she was crazy so it you know made it less appealing for them to stay together. But um, 
But yeah, I kind of always really loved the wacky science adventures that he would get into uh, outside of this standard, you know, multicam family sitcom. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I'm with you, man. I think that is 100% a great fucking spinoff show. Yeah. That is one, like you said, fucking eclipsed its pre- its predecessor. It eclipsed oh. the original show. That would be like if Joey had become more popular than Friends. Which would have been weird. <laughs> like would've... if Joey had lasted for 12 seasons and then it, somehow. But even weirder, it would have like been if Joey came out, was pretty successful, and then Joey's girlfriend on the show had become the main character of the show. And the show yeah. continued to be called Joey, but was really about her character. <laughs> and then it just became like a breakfast cereal. Honestly, <laughs> giving, given the way that Joey went, it probably would have been better <laughs> had it... It established a very nerdy side character that became the crux of the show. So before we like get back into your list, um, which like I said, I agree with this one. It's my number five as well. I think it's a great pick. Um, can we just point out the fact that while there are some very good, very good spinoffs, mm-hmm. there are so many horrible <laughs> abortions. Oh man, of shows and like Joey, that's a bummer because that's a show. I mean, Friends is. One, you know, oh, as, it, as everybody knows, it's, it's a, a pinnacle. I mean, it's it it is classic television. Right. I mean, it, it will go down in the annals of television history forever. And so it's kind of a bummer when they're like when they take and it's not like Joey was a side character. Yeah. He was it's a not like, central character to that show. It's not like they made a show off of Gunther. <laughs> right. And they're just like Gunther's coffee yeah. shop. Like, come on in. No, like this was a central character and people were just like, nope. Yeah. Not having it. Well, and I think. That that spinoff really illuminated a problem that that plagues a lot of spinoffs is they think that just because a character or a situation is funny in one context, they think they'll be funny alone. Right. So Joey, while a great foil and character in the Friends show, really doesn't have enough to play off of when he's by himself. He needs a Chandler. If they would have made I was Ross. just going to say that. If they would have made it a Chandler and Joey spinoff, right. I would have watched that so hard. Well, and they tried real hard because they had Matthew Perry guest star a couple times on Joey. Oh, really? And See, I didn't even watch enough yeah. of it to care. He he guest starred a couple of times basically hinting at him and Monica were having marriage trouble, so he was coming out to L.A. to get away for a few days or, or whatever. It was terrible. Um, but... That show illuminates the fact that not only do you have to have a strong character, you actually have to give them a universe to play in by themselves. And I would very much say that spinoffs don't work well if you're spinning off basically the comedic token of a show. Oh, agreed. So if it's if unless all, you're unless you're yeah. Steve Urkel in Family Matters, right? Well, that's the thing though is even Steve Urkel, if they had spun off Steve Urkel into his own show and taken the Winslows out of it entirely, yeah. it wouldn't have been as successful. Yeah, that's because true. you have to have that collaborative cast. You really do, um, and that's why I think you know you'll other other shows on my list will kind of fall into this category. And some of the reasons that these shows fail is because of that. But they at least had one or two fantastic seasons 
um, to establish their legacy. Totally agree. But it really makes a difference on the universe that you put that character in and how well you deepen or establish what they stand for and who they are. Because 100%. You can't just make a... Like, we could, you couldn't have made a Kramer spinoff show where it was just Kramer. He would have had to have some straight men around him. Right. Also, that would have been super racist. It probably would have. Faux show. So, yeah, that's my number five. I like it, man. I'm totally into it. So, my number four... Almost goes directly against everything I just stated. Okay. <laughs> so my number four is a show that we've mentioned already on this episode, and it was a spinoff of a one-time, very gimmicky character. Um, but my number four is Mork and Mindy. <sighs> not a fan? I mean, not that I'm not a fan. It's just kind of, uh, I don't know, it's one of those things where it's just, yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's not a great show. Okay. I don't think. I love Robin Williams. Okay. Let me make the argument for why it's on my list as okay. no, the number four most important spinoff of all time. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. Okay. That that may have said it right there. You say most important spinoff. See, my list is just comes best. from the heart. Yeah. What I think is the most enjoyable. Yours is like, this is epically important to the zeitgeist of humanity. Yes. And, but also, I fucking loved this show growing up. Right. I watched Mork and Mindy on uh, Nick at Night almost every day. I Nanu, thought, Nanu? I thought it was great. Um, and yes, Nanu Nanu. Um, but one of the things that I loved about it is the reason it was important. I'll, I'll start there is not only did it establish Robin Williams' career, basically, um, it was one of the predecessors to allow that wacky, otherworldly alien humor into the fold. Okay. You know, you'll have, like, you know, My Favorite Martian and things like that, but this really led the way for shows like Third Rock from the Sun and things to go sort of extraterrestrial sure which i think is very very important um that whole idea of an alien learning about earth culture so we can then learn about earth culture with a blank slate just the premise of it i thought was very very good i could go behind that um and then i also thought that it established uh, it took something that shouldn't have been able to subsist itself as a show like this one random episode where an alien meets Fonzie because they wants to take like Richie to outer space and study him or something. Uh-huh. It shouldn't have been able to be expanded, but they found a good way through Robin Williams' talent. I mean, he drove that show. He's the reason that show was so good. Um, and for me, the first season of that show is just untouchable. It's great. The second and third seasons... Not so much. And then the fourth season is kind of abysmal. It's, it's basically abysmal. Doesn't that show also have like one of like a depressing ending? Kind Doesn't he get like banished to fucking outer space or some shit? Kind of. The, the way the show ends, <coughs> at least to my recollection, is that him and Pam Dauber end up using time travel tennis shoes uh-huh. and get trapped in the prehistoric ages. Okay. Because the fifth season that was pitched that never got picked up was that they were going to travel through time and meet famous historical figures like Abraham Lincoln and things like that. But I believe it just ended with them being trapped in time. 
if I'm not mistaken. It's been a while since I've seen the end of that show. Oh, wait. Okay. No, it looks like originally... Um, Colnick. Okay, says that originally the Mork the Mork report is how it ends. Um, and but it, that sh- that episode was actually filmed before the the three part series finale or season finale got a run. Uh huh. But was aired afterwards because it actually gave a better closure to the series. Okay. And it says uh, that basically Mork. Defeats the bad guy Kalnick for good, and uh, the demolished apartment that that uh, Mork had is successfully repaired. Oh, and then the show ends. But for some reason in my head, I had it that the show ended on like a downer note. Like, yeah, I, I was thought, I was really thinking it was that time travel thing. Maybe that was something. Maybe that was another season. But I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, um, you know, I personally did really love Mork and Mindy. I thought Robin Williams was was gifted in that role apparently they were auditioning people for that role dom de almost got the part actually um <laughs> but they said robin williams came in for his his reading uh-huh. and they said okay mr williams take a seat and he flipped upside down and sat in the chair on his head and at that moment they're like here he is That's we got pretty him pretty funny and um yeah it was just all the kind of the behind the scenes stuff like I think it was the third season where they really took a downturn. They moved it from Thursday night to Sunday night. Yeah. And it competed against All in the Family. Like, they did made they made these terrible, terrible moves. Like, I think in the second season they recast all the side characters. Like, um, you know, Pam Dauber's family, they went away. They just made, they established some, like, younger friends because they thought it would appeal to a younger audience. Like, they made all these just terrible business decisions for the show which basically tanked it sure of um, course. but robin williams just had such energy that he was able to still carry it but it just it wasn't a gimmick that could be carried for multiple seasons if it if there wasn't a strong just like we said supporting cast around it which is key which is very key um and so that's that's why for me i just establishing Robin Williams' career, kind of getting him on a trajectory to do everything that he was going to do, establishing the welcomeness of sort of an otherworldly sitcom story, and just for me, how funny that first season is. That's why it's number four on my list. I think it's pretty solid. I mean, like I said, you've helped me to understand why. I don't really like the show. I think it's okay. That's okay. I really like Robin Williams. Yes. So... I'll put it this way. Had it been Dom DeLuise, I wouldn't have given two shits about that television <laughs> show. But you all. at least gave a shit and a half. Yeah. I find Robin Williams magnetic. Oh, so yeah. There's pretty much like anything that he's in, I will at least give a go. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, they were saying, especially with Robin Williams, that a lot of people thought the whole show was just ad-libbed. That they would like write Pam Dauber's lines and then just have a block as like Robin Williams does whatever. But that's completely not true. They say where that rumor got started is that in all the dress rehearsals, Robin Williams would just be off the wall crazy. But then he would show up on the day of recording and he'd memorized everybody's lines. He knew all of his blocking and he would do it perfectly according to the script. He just had to get it out in rehearsal. That's funny. And then sometimes they would rewrite dialogue based Based off his his ad libs. But they really, he said, they said he was a consummate professional when it came to memorizing lines and performing the script as written. Um, and then in later seasons, once he got really, really famous, he 
didn't want to do the catchphrases. Like he didn't want to say Nanu Nanu anymore. And he kind of got a big head about it. And that was when he was very heavy into drugs. Gotcha. Um, they were saying there's one, there was a story about him that he would go out and just do like cocaine with Jim Belushi and Robert De Niro and then just stay out all night and then wander into set at like 7 a.m. the next morning, having not slept all night. That's crazy. Yeah. That's super crazy. So who knows, but whatever, whatever energy he had and wherever he got it, that show made me laugh a whole lot. And I'm glad that it gave us eventually third rock from the sun. I love that show. Spinoff of second rock from the sun. (laughs) Which was actually a spinoff of First Rock from the Sun. Which was actually a spinoff of Sun. The Sun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that uh, that Danny Boyle movie, Sunshine. Sunshine. Uh, that's Jay, so that's, that's pretty it. solid, man. That's my number four. Um, so now I want to hear your number four. Well, first you. give me your okay. number five and four again. Uh, my number five was Family Matters. Samesies. Samesies. And my number four was Mork and Mindy. Nice. All right. Well, cool. Well, we know what my number five is. Yeah. Uh, Family Matters. Q's number five is Family Matters. I like it. It's a really the, good show. Uh, the... Uh, Steve Urkel show. And my number four. My number four is Girl Meets World. Okay. I was wondering if you were going to put this on here. I, spoiler alert, I didn't, but okay. I have a reason. Okay. Your reason is probably like, because it's technically like an NCIS version of. No, my reason is because it's a continuation of and not a spinoff of. I still consider it a spinoff. And that's fun. Uh, this, this was, these were my esoteric qualifications but i'll explain why so for the most part the show once again centers on the titular girl or boy who meets the world um so that's why it qualified for me as a spinoff series because technically the show's central character for the first series was Corey. right um this is a spinoff. This is now featuring his daughter. Right. Um, and the show, while it incorporates a lot of characters from the original series, it primarily focuses on the daughter and her best friend. Riley. Right? Riley. Mm-hmm. See, and that to me is another reason it was disqualified, at least from my list and uh, rules, because Riley is not in Boy Meets World. That's fair. So, but, but Corey and Topanga and all the other characters are. Right. And so they just are continuing their right. story. I mean, not I get spinning it, but anywhere. I still feel like it is. But it's. I still feel like it's been because otherwise it should be called Boy Meets World, and it would still focus uh, on Corey. Boys still meeting world. Yeah, you know what I mean. And I, that's. And again, that's fine. I would actually like to put this one out to our listening okay. audience yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah, totally. So on Facebook or on Twitter, let us know who you agree with. Is Girl Meets World a spinoff, or does it not qualify? Yeah. So use use our hat or use our at i the number five the podcast or on Facebook and let us know where you stand on boy Me- girl meets world is girl meets world a spinoff or is it not? To be fair, I still feel like this falls in my same yeah. line of thinking as if it takes place in the same universe, right. it is still a continuation. Which again, I mean, I'm not a- saying you shouldn't have it on your list, right. but I am curious on other people's opinions because I did disqualify it for that reason. Okay, well that's totally fair. But um, I want to know your reasons on why you think it's the number. It's better than Family Matters. Well, Family Matters is great, but I didn't have the connection to Family Matters that I had to Boy Meets World. True. Boy Meets World is a formative television oh. show for me. Oh, same here. It formed my concept of friendship. 
it formed my concept of it had my very first crush ever right like, Topanga was the girl of my dreams right that was the first time that I saw a girl and I was like I love her you like, and Corey shared that totally yeah. 100% um, it it kind of gave me an idea of like um, I don't know like family dynamics mm-hmm. and that not every family has to be necessarily your kind of cookie cutter concept right. of a family um, I mean, it just did so much for me and explained somewhat you well, look confused. No, no, I'm actually going to agree with you because I want to add an element that Boy Meets World always had for me is that on top of all of that, Boy Meets World, I think if I'm thinking back hard enough, is the show that balanced the zany with the very very serious. Oh, totally. Almost better than anybody else. Cause like every now and then you'd have a very special saved by the bell where Jesse gets hooked on adrenaline pills or something silly, or, you know, you'll have a family matters where someone loses their job and it's like, Oh my God. But boy meets world for whatever reason could be incredibly kooky and zany and funny, but then have very deep issues like a parent dying. Right. Or, you know, someone getting abuse. Yeah, abuse. A or, cult. Yeah, um, drug use. Like, right. It really, but it balanced those. It didn't become too preachy. All right. To be fair, I think I know why. The problem, or the reason is, is because this show developed characters that felt not only relatable, but three dimensionally real. Right. So these were characters that, you know, I know people in my life. That are these characters. Right. Yeah, me too. You know what I mean? Like 100%. I don't know any Steve Urkels. Right. You know what I mean? I don't know. He's a TV concept. Right, right. But I feel like they added a level of realism to these people. They were faulted human beings. And just like human beings, you can have super silly, funny game type things, but then. You can deal with real shit. Yeah. Like the next day. Right. And so. so I know, you know, that's leaning very yeah. heavily on Boy Meets World. So what does Girl Meets World carry into that? Because I haven't watched the yeah. whole run of that. So Girl Meets World does a very similar job. Now, I'm going to speak on this from the perspective of being a father okay. to two girls that hit right in about the age range of this Probably makes it a little show. different experience than for me. It, it does. Because for me, I watched this show with them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that was kind of our bonding thing because, uh, little known fact, I love to subject my children to watching all of my favorite old television <laughs> right. shows. And movies. Right. So, uh, we did a whole run through of Boy Meets World prior to Girl Meets World coming out. And so when it came out, my girls were super excited. They're like, we're going to watch Girl Meets World. Let's watch Girl Meets World because we watched Boy Meets World right. with you. Did they like Boy Meets World? They by loved the way? Boy Meets Good. World, for yeah. sure. Sometimes your daughters have shitty taste. <laughs> that is true, for a fact. They don't get it from me. Um, but we ended up watching Girl Meets World, and I saw them. While it's different because, A, it's from a female perspective now, but, B, it has been what I feel a little younged up for, for the Disney Channel. Um, it definitely has, I don't want to say, but not a lot, a little. But yeah. they still deal with some super heavy issues, and they pull it off well. They still get super zany, but it does feel a little more in line with your normal, current 
Disney Channel right. type show. It has the veneer of Disney Channel on it. Yes. Now I can't it's hard to kind of place your thumb on exactly what that is, but you can definitely tell a difference if you watch the old ABC Disney oh, shows totally. like Boy Meets World and some of those are step by step, et cetera, et cetera. And then watch the newer versions like Girl Meets World or Jesse. Yeah. Or um there's one with a bunch of names. It's like Cade, Candace, Candy and Calor. I don't oh, know. Nikki, Ricky, whatever. Dickie know. and Bricky. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But, like, there's a veneer to yes, those shows that definitely. make them all feel like Disney Channel shows. For sure. Um, but it's still, at its heart mm-hmm. and core, feels like Boy Meets World. That's good. And unfortunately, it's done now. So, I think they did three seasons. Oh, and they're, they're, it's done. the run is yeah, over. the show is over. Um, How did it end? Um, that is a good question. I, knew, I, I mean, a, you don't have to look it up. No. I thought... All right, so basically, if I remember correctly, mm-hmm. the gist of the show is there's a big um, potential move that Topanga has been offered to okay. move the whole family to London. Oh, wow, to London, so, okay. Right, so they're Doesn't gonna, she own like a, a bakery She does own point? the bakery, okay. yes. Um, so the concept is that she's going to uproot Riley and her little brother Augie and uh, Corey, and they're all going to go to London. So basically leave all of these people that you've gotten to know over the show, her best friend Maya and her love interest. And um, so the the concept is the decision is super, super hard for her to make. Right. So she decides to bring in all of the family members and people from <laughs> the original series. So basically like the mom and the dad and Eric Every, and Mr. Turner. Jesus. Um, Feeney. Bo- both of the little sisters. <laughs> how do they Mor- how two do, Morgans? How do okay. they explain that? It's super meta, and at one point they even tag each other out to replace the scene, <laughs> which leads the little brother Augie in the show to feeling like he might get replaced. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, they totally wink at it. I always loved the meta jokes that Boy Meets World would put in there. Like there was that when they changed the original. Uh, younger daughter in Boy Meets World yes. for like a season, and then the new actress came downstairs in the first episode of another season. Like, where have you been? She's like, in my room, <laughs> right? Yeah, but they and that's what they did with this, and that's why I say like at its core, it still yeah. felt like it. Obviously, they don't end up moving to London. Oh, they don't. They don't. Which would have made sense for a series finale. I don't think they really banked on being canceled. Gotcha. But it still was a acceptable series in right. Um. But because you got everybody, so they had a. It was made up of a bunch of clips from the original series. Oh, nice! A bunch of clips from this series, and then all of the casts kind of melding together and interacting. Please with tell each me other. Feeney came back. Yeah, Feeney oh, okay, was there. God. Feeney was there. Uh, Will Friedle was there. Uh, like I said, Mr. Turner was there. Angela was there. Nice. Like I mean, they lit. It was. It was like. What about everybody. Sean's brother? Uh, I don't think they had the brothers. Oh, uh, that's fine. Yeah. Um, but. It was um it was really great. Here, actually, while we're talking, I will show you a cast photo of them all together. Oh, I saw that cast photo. I remember that that got released via the press. I just thought they did it as a publicity stunt. I didn't know that was an episode. No, yeah, that was that oh was, nice. That was the end. That I may have to go watch some of this show now. Um, but once again, like you said, and like we've discussed with um, with these shows in general or spinoffs in general, um. It it took a concept that people love. It kind of gave it a different feel um, or a different perspective, right. so to speak. Um, 
but it did it so well, man. Like it was. It, this is the first time I've ever seen. I don't know if you tried to watch the abortion that was Fuller House. Oh, it was terrible. We made it through two episodes, I think, and it's I couldn't watch anymore. Garbage. Yeah, like, that show is so awful. See, and I wouldn't even consider that a spinoff either because it's the same characters. Just later. Right. But see, I still consider it a spinoff. I know. And and you and I differ in our definitions of spinoff, which is fine. Yeah, totally. We each have to have qualifications for our list. Of course. But, like, even for that one, I I wouldn't ever consider that. If it was great, it still wouldn't be on this list for me. And that's that's totally fair and totally understandable. Um, But this is one— terrible. This is one that I—and I think it holds a a now new nostalgic part in my heart. Because I watched my girls watch this and have the same feels right. about these these characters that I had about Corey and right. Sean. And so I think it was one of those things where it's just like, I don't know, it means something it to me It hit now, you at you the know? right time really in the did. right circumstances. It really did. It totally did. Well, that I, it, that's encouraging, and I will actually have to go back because we watched the first season. Right. And I was like, okay, you know, I get where this is. I, I like some of this. But it, I don't know, it just... That veneer of Disney sure. Channel, I couldn't really shake, but I do hear it gets deeper and better as the oh, show man, goes on. Oh man, it really on, does. So. And they even have a, they have a cabin episode. Like oh a, really? Or a mountain ski lodge episode. Nice. That basically mirrors <laughs> almost exactly like the situation. I would love it so much if Linda Cardellini guest starred on that episode she... and she owned the cabin. I'm pretty sure she did. Or she like runs that cabin now. Um, man, that was that was a heartbreaking episode for me. Of the original Boy Meets World. Oh, my like, God. That's where you're like, no, not Corey and Topanga. They're not going to make it. <laughs> but I had I had a genuine crush on Linda Cardellini. I was like, I totally get it. I totally get it. Oh, man. She was. They stayed up all night talking. Um, you know, they, they had a connection. And then she and Corey, outside of the kiss, you know, he did something wrong. I was going to say didn't really do anything wrong. Yeah. But. So uh, Linda Cardellini did reprise her character for that episode for the cabin. Look at that. That's awesome. Her character, Lauren. Does she hit on Riley? No, but that would be amazing. (laughs) The Disney's getting subversive. They're really playing with some adult themes here. (laughs) Pedophilia amongst amongst lesbian pedophilia, (laughs) which is like a really small like niche. That's actually going to be another spinoff of our podcast. It's going to be called Lesbian Pedophilia, and it's just going to be me and you talking about it. Oh, my God. All the instances of I it. I feel dirty already <laughs> right? even discussing this concept. You know what? Let's just put a disclaimer out there. Nobody listened to our spinoff episode of Lesbian Pedophilia. <laughs> don't support that yeah. show. Just don't. We're going to still do it, but don't support it. So, yeah. So, I mean, basically, that's why that show holds the number four spot and edges above family matters while family matters. I enjoyed a girl meets world for, you know, sentimental reasons I got right. to enjoy with my kids. And so that means the world to me. Like it means yeah. the boy and girl meets world. To me. Well, I love it, man. So that's my number I, four. I think that's great. Run back through your five and four. Right, and so then my we'll, number, uh, we'll my number five is family matters. And my number four is girl meets world. I love it. Well, uh, let's take a quick break. Let some people listen to some some shit. Yeah, and then we'll be back with our top three. Shit. Shit girls. Shit girls. I don't know. the idol of millions, but the truth will shock you. Steve Urkel, now his secrets are revealed. Well. Why women just can't stay away. Well, I 
how neighbors want to get away. And his strange, unrelenting obsession with Steve Urkel. Get the facts behind the fun. Yippee. Only on Family Matters. Tonight at 7.30 on Channel 11. He's just starting seventh grade. This teacher's insane, a total nut job. I think there's something seriously wrong with him. But there's a catch. Hi, honey. Hi, daddy. You're late to your father's class. Now, life at school. Boop. Does anybody see this? And home. Oh, boy. It's getting complicated. You had to know this is going to happen. A lot of things are going to happen. Friday, June 27th. We are travelers from another time and place. Seventh grade middle school. Guys. You're invited. <laughs> to the premiere of Girl Meets World. I'm out of control! <laughs> a new family comedy series Yay! about learning that growing up... I'm afraid something terrible will happen. Nothing could be worse than what's already happened. And taking on the world... Nay, I overstep my bounds, sir. You always do. ...will be a big challenge. Thank you, I'm Farkle! ...for everyone. I'm growing up, Dad. <gasps> oh, boy. Goodbye! You're breaking him! Be here for the series premiere of Girl Meets World. Friday, June 27th, right after Zapped on Disney Channel. And we're back doing a spin-off of our spin-off because we're spinning off into the same episode. Right? Yeah, I don't really have anything to follow that with. But yeah, That's I a, agree a, with that song. Spinning off into the spin-off. Spun, the spin you spun off. out. I sp I'm spun out. I flew, I flew too close to the spun. <laughs> On wings. Oh. Wings of wax. All right. I don't uh, know yeah, where I'm sure. going with this, man. I feel, <laughs> I feel like high or something. This is, this is weird. All you right. sound high or Dude. something. Hey, man. Spun it out to the sun. Really Do you know that spun rhymes with sun in that Metallica song, One? <laughs> yes, I did know that. It's, uh, it has the same sound. Spun one. <laughs> like, it's like that movie, Way of the Spun. Uh, or Gun. Yeah, no, we're done. Okay. We're done with We're that spun? Joke. Yeah, we're spun out. <laughs> okay. Um, so. Should we get back into yes, the list then? Let's please. Let's As Jay, fast as possible. Jay, quickly lead okay. us into your number three. Well, my number three is an older show, but it is classic spinoff and all types of the d of the definition. My number three stars someone dear, close and dear to the high five the podcast show's heart, and that is Maud. Ma no! Stop putting these old shitty television shows in your Maud list. is not an old shitty television show. I mean, is it because it has B. Arthur in it? it? B. Arthur is a huge part of that. Okay. B. Arthur is fantastic in Maud. Did you watch Maud? Yeah. And then there's Maud. Yeah, of course. It's a, it's a fantastic show. It was a spinoff of All in the Family, and it was basically, B. Arthur was so popular in her one episode stint as, um, as, the, as the cousin, I think. I think she's a cousin, but she's very left-leaning, whereas Archie Bunker is very right, conservative-leaning. Um, they spun off this show, Maude, as an outspoken left-wing counterpart to All in the Family. And B. Arthur is fantastic in it. Honestly, you can sort of think of it like a reverse of The Daily Show and Colbert Report. So, mm. so The Daily Show is very left-leaning, fake, not fake, but like sat satirical news show. And The Colbert Report was a spinoff of a very 
right-leaning character take on the news. This was done the same way because B. Arthur had such chemistry with Archie Bunker and their political worldviews being so different. They made an entire show around her character and sort of made it as a, a satirical look at the other side of the political equation. So as Archie Bunker is sort of, you know, the foil of all in the family, he's the one who makes the jokes, but he's also seen as close-minded and, and arrogant. Right. B. Arthur took that same model and they spun it off into a show where she was basically what by in Hollywood terms would be deemed quote unquote right because she would be on the more democratic left side of the equation, but they made her just as stubborn and just as hard headed, but they dealt with similar issues and they delved down into a lot of really, really important stuff. Um, I mean, B. Arthur won a couple Emmys for this show. Like it was a now good that, show that I was aware of. It was a good ass show. And even from this, B. Arthur spun off further into Golden Girls. Now, Golden Girls isn't a spinoff of Maud by any stretch of the imagination, but her success and her fame through Maud are what were the driving forces for them to create another show for her to have a starring vehicle in, which became Golden Girls, which is one of the greatest shows of all time. Um, <clears throat> Maud, and, okay. Here's another reason why it's number three on the list. Maud was so good that Maud had its own spinoff. What? Yeah. Called Modder. No, it's called Good Times. Oh, shit. You know the show Good Times? I do. That's a spinoff. With J.J. Walker. Yep. That's a spinoff of Maud, which was a spinoff of All in the Family. That doesn't happen. Spinoffs are never so good that they get their own spinoff. It's a spinception. Yeah, it's like Spin City, but good. Oh shit! Yeah. I see what you just did there. It's like I the last. It's like the last seasons of Spin, of Spin City. City. Yeah, um, the non Michael J. Fox seasons because the Michael J. Fox seasons were pretty good. That's true. But yeah, so Mod is number three because not only is it an old, very good television show, you can shut your fucking mouth. I watched a couple, a couple episodes. I fell asleep. Well, the, it used were, to be on uh, Nick at Night. Yeah, back back in the day. I mean, it isn't. It is a classic television, you know, sitcom, multicam sitcom. It follows all the same rules, but it just had a different perspective than All in the Family, which made it very appealing. And come on, B. Arthur is so good; she is hysterically funny. Well, B. Arthur is is our spirit animal. She is for the show. Um, so I will give you that placement on your list solely. On the credit of our <laughs> of our Lord and Savior, B. Arthur. You know, she is almost as good in Maud as she is in the Star Wars holiday special. No, nah, I, d- I don't believe that at all. Almost. Nothing when she can runs, reach. When she runs the Moss Eisley Cantina. Nothing can reach those heights. It's tough. But I will stand firm behind that Maud is a good show, that it is a quality landmark spinoff, and launch the career of one of America's darlings, B. Arthur. Uh, that's fair. I'll so t- I'll accept that. I'll allow it. Good. Once again, like your Mork and Mindy, are the rest all going to be from the seventies as well? They are not. Okay, good. Because yeah, one into the current century of shows that people who listen to our podcast may have actually seen. Both of my next two, I would feel are in that realm. At least Wait, her. in the seventies realm. No, no. In the nineties and then recent times realm. These are both shows that people should definitely have heard of. Let's get it that way. 
Um, so my number two, are you ready? Yes. My number two is Frasier. God, another boring show. It's okay. not a boring show. This is okay. also a very good show. Okay. A spinoff of Cheers. It's fun. I have no problem that it's on your list. I just find all these shows you're picking so boring. I expected to have, and you didn't put The Simpsons on there, which is just like, it's blowing my mind what you <laughs> chose to nix from your list and what you decided to keep. I'm not arguing that these aren't, these aren't like historical shows that belong in the pantheon of television, but I, I, what I know of you, these don't feel like you shows. Like they don't. Like you're a much boring person than I realized. <laughs> a much no, more boring person. I just than have I a much wider palette for quality television. I than believe you do. what you're looking for is you have the television sensibilities of a 70 year old man. <laughs> Maybe, and that's fine. That's that totally may be true. Fine. Um, <laughs> again, this Frasier was one that I did watch growing up because my dad really liked it. Whatever you say, Grandpa. <laughs> Well, back in my day, yeah. when we had to wa- walk seven miles uphill both ways to watch television. Should I replace the tennis <laughs> balls on your walker? If you could hand me my powdered milk, that would be fantastic. <laughs> <That'd> be <great>. <laughs> um, no, but I mean, Frasier is the epitome of the successful spinoff show. I mean, it took a, char- a well-loved side character from one of the most respected com- television comedies of all times, which was Cheers spun that character off to a new city with new situations and parameters and built an entire universe that existed for something like 11 seasons. Like this show lasted for a long ass time. Not only that is Kelsey Grammer played uh, Frasier Crane for 20 consecutive years, which is a record on television. Basically like, he pulled a Hugh Jackman Wolverine. Basically, yeah, except longer and lamer. <laughs> well, actually more <laughs> more accredited because he won 3 Emmys for it. Hugh Jackman won 3 Nothings. imaginary yeah. Academy Awards. <laughs> I mean, on a, that's a record that nobody has beaten on he television won three yet. 3 Aussies. I think the only person who comes close and maybe ties is uh, a character from Gunsmoke because that show was on for so long. <laughs> Exactly. And a first in television history, Kelsey Grammer was nominated for three Oscars for Fraser Crane for three different television shows. Did you say three Oscars? Three Emmys. Sorry. I was about to say, how's he getting no. Oscars for television? No, no, he's getting Oscars for other stuff, probably. But no, Kelsey Beast? Grammer. Was it for Beast? <laughs> it probably was Last Beast. Stand? Yes. But he played Fraser Crane on three different television shows and was nominated for Fraser Crane for all three of those television shows. I mean, that's pretty all right. It's unheard of. He's doing Come something. on. He's doing something right. It doesn't matter if you don't like the show. It is one of the best spinoffs yeah. in history, which is why it's number two on my list. You know what I say? Toss salad and scrambled eggs. Exactly. You know I saying? mean, come on. You get uh, David Hyde Pierce as Niles. Yeah. You get that pre-Wet Hot American Summer David Hyde Pierce goodness. Yeah, but just so you know, I like him post-Wet Hot American yeah. Summer. Uh, what is he? I like him post wet and hot. What What has he done post? Uh, Osmosis Jones. Yeah, and Osmosis Jones. Yeah. The, uh, was that uh, the the guest, the dinner guest, or some shit? Perfect the invitation. Guest. Oh, the perfect guest. That's right. Yeah. Which is a pretty okay it's movie. Pretty fucking good movie. Pretty okay. Not as good as the invitation. Do you see that? Yeah. Fuck yeah. That was so good. That was fucking. Good the ending movie. of that was just crazy. Right. But anyway, when everybody turned into sheep. <laughs> yes. That's exactly what happened. People Actually, should... that's the ending of the movie Black Sheep, which is a New Zealand horror movie. Is that a real thing? Yes. 
But I've do people it. turn into sheep? Yeah. I thought it was like zombie sheep. They do, but they okay. turn into zombie sheep. Um, They're kind of like it's kind of like a werewolf movie, but with sheep. Weird. Yeah. Did you see that movie Wormwood? No. That's an Australian zombie. Oh, flick. I saw the the seven minute teaser for it. Well, now they have a series that's being made from it. Yeah, like that's a television. The, series. That's the the teaser that I saw. Okay, they, I saw there a was seven, a movie. Oh, and I didn't that see it's the movie. Based off of. I saw the seven minute teaser for the show and it looked intense. It's as nuts. Fuck. I think you would like that movie. Okay, that's I'll a, check that's it out. That's a you movie. I will check it out. Do it. All right. So um, Frasier. But yes, Frasier. Speaking of zombie sheep. <laughs> Frasier. Speaking of counting sheep. <laughs> how whatever you think of the show, if you liked it or if you didn't like it, it had quality writers on it. the The episodes were actually very funny. Um, now it definitely did situate itself in a particular mind frame and situation for these characters, which is believable. But it it really appeals and applies to what we talked about earlier: is that Frasier by himself would not have been able to sustain a show. So that's where you have to introduce, you know, the dad character that's like super liberal and you have to introduce, you know, David Hyde Pierce's character uh, as the brother, the neurotic brother with the wife who has never seen. Come on. What a great gag. Um, you have to introduce, you know, the, the British nanny or the British house help for the father. You've got to introduce Rhoda, you know, his his um, radio producer. Right. Yes, yes, yes. I mean. Like the 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 cast of characters around Frasier helped push it beyond, you know, just establishing it as a spinoff of Cheers because coming off of Cheers, those are huge shoes to fill, and so the the fact that not only did Frasier continue to exist but was extremely successful and lasted for eleven years. I mean, it's the high watermark for what spinoff shows hope to achieve. They're if a spinoff show gets made, people in somewhere in a writer's room are going, we're, we hope this is as good as this Frasier. And so because of those facts, it has to be high in the top five best TV show spinoffs, regardless of if it's my favorite show or not, because empirically it is one of the best spinoffs that has ever been done. Okay. And empirically, yeah. I will agree with you. Now, one thing I will say, I did. I read this and I didn't know about it before doing research for this episode, but they hid a bunch of subtle jokes about Cheers in the show, but rarely mentioned it overtly because they wanted to distance themselves from it. Okay. So basically, they took the opposite approach of Girl Meets World. Um, the only cast member, though, that never made a guest cameo exp- uh, um, appearance on Frasier was Kirstie Alley. And the reason that she turned down all guest post invitations was that she's a Scientologist and Fraser Crane is a psychiatrist and she didn't believe that was a real thing. So she refused to be a part of something that pushed forward psychiatry in the American and, I mean, zeitgeist. Let's be honest. I mean, Kirstie Alley's career just boomed after that. It so, really I mean, did. She really did. It was need, really good for her. Right. She really didn't need it. Did I say boomed? I meant imploded. <laughs> Yeah, she really... And did I say imploded? I meant ballooned. <laughs> and did I say ballooned? I meant her weight. <laughs> that uh, was mean. No body shaming here. So my number two was Christy Alley's fat. Um, <laughs> oh. uh, was, I should say. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she's... She, what's that... What is that diet thing that she's all about? Wait, is it Weight Watchers? Jenny Craig Roberts. Jenny Craig. Jenny Craig Robinson. <laughs> Caruso? Yeah. Jenny Craig Robinson Caruso's. <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, so that's my number two. It's Frazier. I like it. I mean, no, I don't, don't like it. <laughs> no, you don't. I appreciate it. Okay. And now my number one is a newer show. Fuck. It's a newer show. And is Okay. Okay. <laughs> really going hard for that adult rating for our, <laughs> our iTunes review. Well, to be fair, most people just heard, uh. That's true. Um, and you could have been saying cluck. Fuck. You could have been saying buck. Fuck. But you were saying fuck. Yeah. Fuck. Um. My number my number one show is an actual show that I adore. Okay. And I think it's the best spinoff that's ever been made, and it is a newer show. And my favorite number one spinoff is Better Call Saul. All right. Solid. I think Better Call Saul is a marvel of a television a show. A marvel. Now, but not from Marvel. No. But a marvel. No. It honestly wouldn't have been as good had Marvel made it. In my opinion. That's totally fair. Um, but Better Call Saul follows all the rules of standard spinoffs. It took a humorous, well-liked character from an established show, spun them off in a certain direction. This one happened to be in time. Creates a cast of characters and a situation around them, and then you follow that story. Right. Now, one of the interesting things about Better Call Saul, and I even hate to say this publicly, but it is encroaching on the ground where it is as good as Breaking Bad, which is hard to say because for a lot of these, like, oh, well, you know, Family Matters spun off of Perfect Strangers and then it was better than Perfect Strangers or, you know, Maud spun off of All in the Family and some people liked it better because it was more Democratic leaning or whatever it may be. Breaking Bad is one of the best shows that has ever been on television. Just, just ever. So I was incredibly trepidatious when they said they were making a spinoff of it because I didn't know if it was going to be a money grab. You know, initially the reports came out that it was going to be a 30 minute comedy show, which I wasn't too keen on. Um, But for somehow... They've able they've been able to make Better Call Saul focusing on the story of how Jimmy McGill becomes Saul Goodman. Incredibly captivating. And I think I truly believe they've learned from what they did on Breaking Bad in a way that they can just continue it into this show. You know, like with Breaking Bad, how much I love it. I will say that the first season, you can sort of see them floundering around in the first season and second season until they really establish what they want to do. You know, is Hank going to be the foil for Walter or is he just going to no, be the silly I, I will absolutely agree brother-in-law? With that. The first season of Breaking Bad for a lot of people loses them. Like you've got and for me it almost did the same thing. I had to power through the first season. Right for the show to f- start feeling established and to lock me in. Well, and established is a great word for it because in the first season, Jesse Pinkman's character is written to die. Right. Jesse Pinkman's Correct. supposed to die in the first season, to... but they realized that the dynamics needed to change. And even in the first season, Hank is sort of the comic relief. Yeah. Sort oh, of like definitely. the dumb brother-in-law or like the really machismo brother-in-law. Well, once they introduced the comic relief of Jimmy McGill or Saul Goodman, Hank is actually able to become a very formidable police officer. Right, correct. And so once they kind of establish those rhythms, you know, then seasons three, four, and five were just high watermarks in television history. Well, they basically are able to take what they learned from that and apply it to this new set of characters. So Better Call Saul starts off 
just as good as seasons like two and three of Breaking Bad. Absolutely. Like they missed that flounder season. And just the cast of characters that are in it. I mean, Michael McKeon is amazing as Jimmy's brother, Chuck. And just the heart-wrenching stories that they tell between the two, which I actually found this out, I didn't know, but um, Brian Cranston recommended Michael McKeon to uh, Vince Gilligan because they had worked on Broadway together. Huh, I didn't know and that. And he's like, no, this guy will be perfect for the show. He can play what you need him to play. Interesting. And another thing that I love about very successful sitcom or spinoffs is that they, they're not beholden to the shows that they spun off from. You know, it's fun to say, oh, remember Cheers or, hey, remember All in the Family? But to have every episode based off, hey, remember this other show that you like better? Right. You, that's not sustainable. Better Call Saul definitely has hints and nods to Breaking Bad, especially with the introduction of Gus in this sure. newest season. But it's not by any means beholden to that show, which it sort of needs to be because it's a prequel. Right. So everything has to match. But it's just so perfectly crafted that it doesn't it doesn't matter almost, but it does still all match. And so for me, I think Better Call Saul is the best spinoff that has ever been made, and honestly, one of the best TV shows probably in the last 10 years. Totally fair. Tote. Yeah. Totally fair. And also, ironically enough, Better Call Saul started as a gag in the writer's room. Uh-huh. Like, they would just throw out lines for Saul Goodman's character, and then when they had to cut those lines from the episode, they were so sad that they said, oh, we'll just use them in the Saul Goodman spinoff show, and they would put them away in a folder. And then Vince Gilligan just took that joke and made it a thing. Well, I'm going to coalesce with you since we've been discussing Better Call Saul. Uh, it's actually my number two. So Yay. high up on my list. High five. But not not topsies like right. you. I think I know what your topsies is going to be. Um. But that's pretty solid. I like your three, two, one. So why don't you recap those for me, and then sure. I'll give you mine. I'll do. I'll, I'll just do my whole list. Okay. Because we've been do talking it. a long time. So number five was Family Matters. Yes. Number four was Mork and Mindy. Number three was Maud, and then there's Maud. Um, number two is Frasier, uh-huh. and number one is Better Call Saul. Nice. Solid so, list. On to mine. So do you want to go through yours, and then we'll touch on Better Call Saul when you get there at number two? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So, uh, Q's list, starting with number three, is a show that I don't even know that you know what it is. Uh, but my number three is Torchwood. Oh, I've heard of Torchwood. Okay. I, I never watched it, but I did. I have seen it. Like, I know vaguely what it is, but I don't know what it's a spinoff of. Yeah, uh, Doctor Who. Oh, oh, that's why I don't know what it is. Yeah, I don't that's watch why that. I said I didn't know that yeah. you would. Uh, I didn't think you would know. Um, Torchwood is a spinoff of the television series Doctor Who and focuses on um, a group of alien hunters that work for the Torchwood Institute. So let me ask, are they hunters that are aliens or are they no. people that hunt they are aliens? they people that hunt aliens. Gotcha. Okay, so they continue. Are, they are earthlings that, um, that basically... Uh, it's kind of like an X Files y type thing. Like each okay. episode is kind of like a freak of the week kind of situation. Um, but with the con, so to understand Torchwood, you have to understand Doctor Who. Right. So Doctor Who takes so I'm already place. a little bit of a disadvantage. All right. So basically, quick crash course is uh, Doctor Who really kind of focuses around Earth. Um, and the Doctor is the main character, the title character, Doctor Who. Um, is a, what is called a time lord, 
from a planet called Gallifrey. Okay. And basically, they are masters of space and time. So they are outside of basically our human construct. Of it's space like Doctor and time. Strange. Kind of. <laughs> um, they they see time as nonlinear. Ah. And it is described in one episode of Doctor, or in several episodes of Doctor Who, as they see time as kind of wibbly wobbly timey wimey like it's all it's all over the place um and they are just light years beyond our comprehension and understanding and okay. they have developed technology such as the tardis which is right a the phone booth it's a it's a time and space machine so it, tardis stands for time and relative dimensions in space Gotcha. So basically, not only can it move in time, but it moves in space as well. Um, so it's pretty interesting, and it's bigger on the inside. So it's not like so. Okay, so basically, it's an amalgam of um, the doghouse and Doug, <laughs> and a time turner from Harry Potter. Ooh, kind of. <laughs> yes. It's bigger on the inside. It's bigger on the inside. It takes but them the- through time, but unlike the time turner, they can move. Around they don't anywhere. have they won't be in the same spot in nineteen forty. Go anywhere. You can go to a specific place like a GPS yeah. style and go. I want to go here at nice. this time. So, <clears throat> with Doctor Who focusing so much on time and dimension, mm-hmm. where does Torchwood fit so in? So Torchwood is squarely grounded on Earth. Okay, and it's basically taking all of these fantastical creatures that you meet in Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. And showing it from the perspective of Earthlings. Okay. So instead of traveling around with the Doctor, you're you're Earth locked. Right. And it's basically like, oh no, we have to like stop these people from or these aliens from invading, kind of thing. So what season does Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones come on? Uh, the thirteenth. Okay. Cool. Thirteenth season of Torchwood. I like that. Um, but this show is actually pretty, pretty popular. Um, it ran for four series. Um, which is what they call seasons in British terms. Over in Britain. Um, and, and in Little Britain. And it in- included a um, a kind of Americanized spinoff as well um, called Torchwood... Uh, Torchwood Miami? Uh, uh, shit. Torchwood... No, it had like a... Yeah. Torchwood, Torchwood Foreign Affairs. Uh-huh, Las Vegas. Um it basically it, it anyways i can't remember off the top of my head um but it's had bill pullman oh. in it and it was a showtime i think showtime or stars interesting put it out but it was a mini series i think it ran like 8 or 9 episodes okay um but basically it was um what if everybody in the world stopped being able to die so interesting. Every, everybody becomes immortal <clears throat> I think I remember hearing about that show. Um, I didn't know it was a spinoff of a spinoff. It it show is. <laughs> um, but uh, it, they also include, so uh, Torchwood um, has one of my favorite characters from Doctor Who, Captain Jack Harkness, which you watch Arrow. Yeah. You will know him as um, Quentin. Um, is that his name? Quentin on the show? I think there's a Quentin. Uh, hold on. I think he's the bad guy. Yep. He is. Uh, Quentin Lance. No, 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 no. That's the cop. That's the cop. Hold on. Yeah, no. Merlin. He is Malcolm oh. Merlin. Oh, okay. Yeah, then I definitely know who he is. Okay, sorry. Uh, I haven't he watched He actually Arrow. recently exited the show Arrow to do something else. The uh, the actor is John Barrowman. Yeah. 
And but he, I like him in Arrow. He plays Captain Jack Harden. Cap, Captain Jack Sparrow. Old Captain Jack. This is a tale of Captain Jack Harkness sailing through time. That motherfucker can't die. So that is uh, he. Does he have a pirate ship? I wish. Oh. No, he doesn't. Uh, he kind of dresses like a space like nah, a fire, Captain Jack, like a Firefly era space pirate. Nice. Um, but he can't die. He's immortal, uh, which makes his character super interesting on the show. Um, also, it, it ties the writer's hands in not being able to put him very often in perilous situations. Right. Yeah. Because it's just like he's he's going to survive no matter what. Um, but it's actually a very interesting show. Um, I mean, given your love of Doctor Who, I can imagine you just soaked up Torchwood. I did. Totally. One hundred percent. And um, it's one of those things, like I said, it it very much is in the same universe as Doctor Who. Um and it deals with characters from Doctor Who, um, and they they um, have certain characters from Doctor Who that will cross over into it, like some of the Doctor's companions cross over into it. Um, but it's a really good, um, it's a really good show. Um, I really can't describe it more than that. Um, it's a, like I said, Freak of the Week type X Files show, but it it places where it does on my list because right. it's fucking Doctor Who. Well, just you love it so and much, so of course it's gonna play. So that's list. not gonna be anywhere on my list. Exactly. But you know, I, you know, this is yours. Right. So, it's a sci-fi list, so you can appreciate it. Yay! <laughs> uh, so that's that's it. That's my number three. I, I uh, like it. My number two was Better Call Saul. So good. It's uh, so good. Um. Yeah. It really. It really was. And I was a late. Uh, adopter of Breaking Bad. Yeah. So I I think I started watching Breaking Bad when they were on maybe the fourth season already. Did you go back and watch up yes. to that point? Okay, because you that's not a show you can just pop in. No, like no, no, friends no, 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 or no, something. No, no, no. no, they were on the fourth, and I ended up catching back up and then watching live the last season. Man, you and those first couple seasons are so easy to binge. They're so. Oh, good. and I did. I I think I I think I binge watched it in the span of maybe a weekend. Yeah. Like I literally, I mean, it was just back to back to back. You to just back couldn't to back stop. Back They're back so episodes. good. Now, what's funny is, like I said, the first season was hard for me to get into. I actually started the first season whenever it first came on Netflix. So oh, really? several years before I ended up watching the series proper and binge watching it. And I watched the first season and then stopped because I, I couldn't get into it. See, that's surprising to me. While I agree that the first season flounders, for me, I usually tell people, if you can get past the first four episodes, you'll be hooked forever. So normally it's just like the first part of the first season that really, I think, is struggles to find its footing. So it's interesting for me to hear that you say you watched the entire first season and then said meh, because I still think it's groundbreaking. Especially Brian Cranston. I mean, he is so good in that show. Um, I I totally agree, but I also would say that um, that's honestly what allowed Better Call Saul, just for the reasons that you said, to place on mm-hmm. my list so highly is because, like you had also said, they got to skip all of that. Yeah. They basically found their formula. They knew kind of where they needed to start. Mm-hmm. They'd already developed this character. And so it allowed Better Call Saul to start off in a much higher right whole position than Breaking Bad did. Well, and one of the interesting things I've talked with some friends about this, about Better Call Saul, is that 
unlike most spinoffs where it's they take a character in real time and put them somewhere else. So there's this air of mystery on like, oh, what's going to happen to this character? Where are they going to go in life? We know exactly where Saul Goodman ends up. Like we know he has to be in Phoenix. He has to have the, you know, the bus stop signs. We know that he has connections to the underbelly of Arizona or New Mexico, you know, drug rings. We know all of that. So this show almost starts off at a disadvantage because what mystery is there, you know? Oh, yeah. We know where he has to get to. We know his end point. Yeah, we know he's not going to die. Right. So they have to build intrigue and mystery in other ways, and man, they do a good well, job Well, that's of that. the inherent difficulties in prequel. Yeah. Anything. Is, it's, that's, that's my first thought any time they do a prequel is like, well, I know that this isn't going to be the end. So right. how can you raise stakes without that? You know what I mean? Like I feel like that immediately kind of neuters mm-hmm. things. So when shows can pull it off successfully, it's a real yeah. testament to their writing ability. And man, and this I have to put this out there just for the episode, the official stance of High Five the podcast. Bob Odenkirk is amazing. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Just everything from his, you know, Mr. Show days to the comedy that he does to to this performance. Like, it's so nuanced. Like, it's Emmy level good. Oh, for sure. And not that I ever doubted Bob Odenkirk's ability, but for him to be like a writer on Saturday Night Live and then I think a writer on Conan's show for a little bit. And I think he did, you know, he, he started off as a writer for most of it. And then for him to be so good is just a testament to his ability, but also heightens my love for him. 100%. More than I thought was possible after Mr. Show. Absolutely. Agreed. So that's my number two. I love it. So we're at the number onesies now. Yeah. And you said you think you know what it's going to be. I do think I know so what it's going to be. So why don't you sh- shout it out. Is it Angel? It is Angel. Yeah. I knew it. Cause I fucking love Buffy the Vampire Slayer. But okay, let me ask you this: Is Angel better than Better Call Saul? Because this is where I, I know that you and I approach our lists in different ways. Well, you would say, okay, from a show standpoint, is it better? No, it's not better. You just is like it, it an more. enjoyment level better. Yeah, I enjoy it. You just like than... it more. Yeah, exactly. Okay. But that's what all of my lists have always been. I know. I just like to read. That's what the audience. That's what our audience banks on from you and I. Yeah. They bank on you to have a more practical list. So an actual practical kind of like, okay, this cinematically. These are the best. Or right. um, Mine, my lists have always tended to lean more towards, well, this is what I like. This is a personal a personal choice. And that's totally fine. But I, I did want you to clarify that, that while you think Better Call Saul is a better oh, show. absolutely. I mean, Angel, I, I feel like that's not even a question. Yeah. Like, Angel is just, you enjoy it more. Yes. Okay. 100%. So tell us why. Dude, dive um, into it. All right. So, I mean, the, the big one, like I said, most of these spinoffs get all of their love from their predecessors. Right. So unlike shows like A Family Matters where – the show kind of eclipsed what came before it. Mm -hmm. These shows that ranked high on my list are high on my list because of what came before it. Right. Like I already had a level of fandom and love for this universe that they exist in. And so that, that, that 
appreciation was extended to these shows as well. So, and as I hear you say it, you're not saying you like Angel better than Buffy. You don't think Angel eclipsed Buffy? No, not at all. Okay. Not at all. I think um, Angel enhanced Buffy. Mm -hmm. They had a bunch of really awesome, like, kind of crossover stories that Buffy came over into the Angel... um, Verse? Yeah, the Angel verse, the TV series, if you will. Um but overall, the show took beloved characters that I dug. Like, I love the Cordelia character from mm. Buffy. I love Angel from Buffy. Um, and it it gave them breathing room. Right. It's, it moved them to a new location. Angel is a like a private eye, like a right. detective. But and also a vampire? He is a vampire. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, but it... And that's what kind of kept it grounded in the world. But it also expanded on kind of the... Um, the um, mythos of Buffy it delved into further into you know the lore right. of Buffy and the lore of the world and how the world works um, and it just created so basically it was like you know I think I had a rant on one of our earlier episodes where um, oh I know which one it was it was one we were talking about when Ghostbusters came out oh right 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 out. and I said sometimes the quality of something may not be amazing, but as a true fan, and I think the sign of a true fanboy or a true fan of anything, is all you care about is the opportunity to revisit the sandbox right. that you love. And I don't care if it's shitty. If it's shitty, so what? It's a shitty trip back to the same sandbox that right. I already love. You know what I mean? It's a vacation to Orlando that's just not as good as the first time you went to Disney World. Right, but it's still yeah. Disney World. You know what I mean? So it's like, fine. Like, it's Disney World and I only got to ride one ride this right. time. You know what I mean? Um, it's not as good, but still enjoyable. And so for me, that's that's 100% kind of what... But I mean, it's just... You know, while Angel, I don't think, is better than Buffy, it was it allowed me to longer hang out in that universe. Now, and let me ask. I'm very appreciative. I don't, since Buffy, while I don't have any problems with it, was yeah. never one that I delved into heavily. Did Angel, did the show run after the Buffy show had ended, or did they run concurrently? It ran concurrently, okay. and then, I believe, continued after Buffy ended. Okay. Let's see. Buffy. Because I just wasn't sure. I remember when it was on, I knew that it was a relation yeah. to Buffy, but I didn't know. So Buffy the ended in 2003. It started in 97 and uh-huh. ended in 2003. And Angel started in 99. Oh, wow. And ran to 2004. Okay. So shorter than Buffy, but. Lasted a but year lasted longer. a year longer. So started two years after, lasted a, a year longer. Gotcha. Um, cool. But yeah, so the the kind of point of this show, and I don't know how familiar you are with Buffy at all. Uh, if, vaguely, if at all. vaguely. Um, Enough to be dangerous. But Angel is like a vampire who got his soul back. So basically, okay. vampires are soulless, right? Um, and which allow that's what causes them to be evil. Um. So Angel is a vampire that managed to get his soul back, which is kind of what makes his character unique. He's a vampire with a conscience. Right. Um, and so it's like Blade. Yeah, very much like Blade, except he can't he's not a daywalker. Ah. Um no. so yeah, he's still burdened that. by that damn sunlight. You need that daywalker. Um but daywalker. He, he uh 
he works as a private eye, um, and basically he's he focuses on like otherworldly cases. Right. You right. know what I mean? Like dealing with so like, like Torchwood. Or yeah, or um, supernatural, right? You know what I mean. It was like traveling town to town, and, and then in in one season he teams up with a an anthropologist from the Jeffersonian, and they look into bones. Yeah, one hundred. Oh shit! Um, but yeah, it's dumb a really, reference. It's a really good show. Once again, I mean, Joss Whedon. Is, right. Was know. he the showrunner behind that one too? Yeah. Okay. That's that's good. You need that for those characters. Yeah. He he took he uh, he carried that over. Um, but it was, um, I don't know. It was, um, it was really good, man. Like it was really. It's good really enough good. to be your number one. It is. It is great enough to be my. It's better one. than all your other four, which I have now forgotten, and I think you should recap for I us. I will recap all of them right now. So starting off with my number five. My number five was Family Matters. Right. My number four is Girl Meets World. My number three was Torchwood. My number two was Better Call Saul, and my number one was Angel. I love it. This is a solid list, man. Yeah, this is pretty good. We shared a couple. Shared a couple. Talked we, about some different we shows. Argued about a couple. A little. We laughed. We loved. We, we did cried. Butt stuff. That uh, was that was related to the crying. Yeah, one hundred percent the butt stuff. Um, and now I think people should listen to to this real quick while we get ready for our game. Oh fuck, we got a game. We got a game. For years, he preyed on the weak. Now they turn to him for hope. It's not just saving lives. It's about saving souls. You don't have to be afraid. Look, you're safe here. You want to help yourself? Help them. Give them hope. If it takes an eternity, he will make amends. David Boreanaz is Angel. What can we do for you, Jimmy? The money is beside the point. Money is the point. Does this stream payday to you, huh? You know, Jimmy, in our line of work, you can get so caught up in the idea of winning that you forget to listen to your heart. Better Call Saul. Two-night series premiere begins Sunday, February 8th at 10. Only on AMC. Saying goodbye forever. I'm back. This fall, Kelsey Grammer returns as Frazier, starting a new life as Seattle's top-rated radio shrink. My wife had left me, which was very painful. Then she came back to me, which was excruciating. And being a good son, taking care of dear, sweet old dad. Frazier got stuck with me. Isn't that right? No! no. From the producers of Cheers and creators of Wings, Frazier, this fall on NBC. Games. My favorite time of the show. We spun off of our original segment of the show into our game spinoff. Nice. I like that we're going to use that joke throughout. Hopefully not making people spin out of listening oh, to us. Oh, shit. They've already spun off. <laughs> I so. know. Spin out. So tell us about our game. Okay, so I have named this game Spun Out. And basically, the way that we're going to play is I'm going to pick a television show that does not have a spinoff okay. for you to then create and pitch to me the spinoff of that show. Okay. And then you're going to do the same, and we're going to go back and forth twice. I love it. 
Mentor. So um, do you want me to start? Yes, please. All right. So I think the first show that I want you to create a spinoff for, and I'm going to go a little bit different, but Gravity Falls. Oh, shit. Gravity Falls. Okay. And I have an idea for this one, too. Gravity Falls spinoff. Um, who would I like to see spun off into a show? Um, I would like to see a uh, Old Man McGuckin <laughs> spinoff. <laughs> because they gave you a little taste of like his history. That yeah. He actually was like a super intelligent guy back in the day. And then like slowly devolved. I forgot about that. Via, yes. Via his forget forgetful gun or whatever <laughs> right. until he slowly just became like old man McGuckin. <laughs> well okay so where would the spinoff be a prequel would yeah, it, spin it be off? a prequel okay. and it would follow his kind of wacky exploits around gravity falls and the series finale is already built in of him becoming right. old man McGuckin. so slowly throughout the series i really like that. you get to witness his de-evolution into old man McGuckin. i really like that i was kind of thinking i would like a spinoff of tj miller's boyfriend character Oh, the Robbie? Yeah. But basically, the spinoff would be him either in Gravity Falls before, you know, the two kids get there or after they leave and him still not believing in the magical elements and being forced to confront them. Okay. Because I would like to see TJ Miller be a straight man to all the supernatural You're cheating on the game, though. You can't pitch... A I know. pitch as well as I my just, pitch. I liked the. I thought of the idea after you, when you were talking. That's clever. So, okay, no, but no, you old man me, McGuckin. Yeah, that's that's it. Right. I love that. I want to know what you would spin off of the television show Dinosaurs. Ooh, <laughs> dinosaurs. Okay, here we go. Dinosaurs spinoff. Uh huh. Baby in college. Okay, but okay. If, now that would for it, clarification, would it still be a baby? No, no, no. Are we so, following like television logic where it like never ages, but somehow is just in college now? <laughs> no, no. Okay. Uh, no, this would actually be a show that would spin off with the foreknowledge that the season finale didn't exist. Okay. So, because the season finale so, kills right, all baby, of them. Right, right. Because the and baby dies. So the only way to do a spin off of that show is to have it take place during the exact same time period or be a prequel. Right. I want the idea of the the world ending didn't, doesn't happen. Didn't end. Baby grows up, and then it's him in college. So Dealing baby, with elderly mom and dad. Baby the college yeah. is, is what you're pitching? Exactly. All right. I'm into it. Because then we can meet his other dinosaur friends from other sides of the dino tracks. Uh-huh. He would have to deal with an elderly father. So are we talking... Okay, so has this now changed the course of history in the sense that like dinosaurs now have not become extinct, and so they continue to progress... Through their world, like, like, okay, you know they just how, become extinct later. Okay, but you know how like <laughs> dinosaurs takes place in basically. I think that show came out in like ninety five. Right. It takes place in a nineteen ninety five type version of. So they have the same technologies yes. that we had. In yes. So are you saying that in the in the college years for baby would he have like iPods? And yes. The internet. He would be a millennial. Stuff? So it actually like advanced. Yes. In chronological timeline with okay. Exactly. Right, yeah, I like That's that. That's the idea. spinoff I want. I want baby dinosaur as a millennial. But they have like dinosaurified versions right. of all of it. They so have like, like a dino safe zone. Right. So <laughs> they have they have Tinder for dinos, which I don't know what it would be it's called. It's called Timber. Uh, st- steg. Steg. <laughs> yes. Steg. And they have um uh face rock. 
<laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So it would be like they do because they always did the Flintstone style like technology, but it was powered by dinosaurs and other things. Right. Well, it's a living. Yeah. You know, that kind of That's thing. the show that I would want is baby dinosaur as a millennial in college. Nice. I'm into it. Yeah. Man. I like so it. So dinosaurs with modern day technology. Okay. Perfect. Okay. Right, that's pretty solid. Next. So next, my next one for you. <laughs> dinosaurs was so good. Um, my next one for you is I would love for you to do a spinoff of do, 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 I'm trying to pick a show that I know that you've watched. Um, Ren and Stimpy. Ooh, Ren and Stimpy. <laughs> I did two cartoons. That's easy. Easy, easy. Powdered Toast Powdered Man. Toast Man. That's all awesome. <laughs> you'd say, Powdered Toast Man. For sure. I want a Powdered Toast Man series. <laughs> the Adventures of Powdered, powdered Toast, Toast Man. Man. Yeah. That just, would be it. Yeah, that's, that's it. The that's the whole show. concept. I yeah. just want to see him fight Powdered Toast Man yeah. style, you know, breakfast hunger. It could be called The Adventures of Powdered Toast Man. Yeah. I don't know why that doesn't exist. Actually, now that now that it we should that out exist, loud. like Powdered Toast Man could go up against his arch enemy Granola. <laughs> in the, yeah. the never-ending battle for hunger satisfaction, right? And then uh, in one episode, Powdered in one episode, Toast he Man. goes down to the Amazon and has to scale the interior mazes of the um, the pyramid of nutrition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that. I'm 100%. That's an easy one. Yeah. So that's easy. All right. Uh, and so I'm going to pitch for you in the same vein, okay? Rocco's Modern Life. Ooh. Okay. So Rocco's Modern Life. That one's kind of a tough one, but I would kind of like to see a spinoff, sort of Silicon Valley style of the Chameleon Brothers. And they're just like and they're starting consistent all their- like business propositions. Yes. Every season would be them starting a new business <laughs> and then failing at it miserably and then moving on. Do you think those characters could, could sustain a series? Not by themselves, but with a, a surrounding cast of characters. So I definitely like the other characters like coming in and out. Yeah. So but you could have like VCs, like you be, could have like big heads that donate money to them. Would it be like a, a prequel? So would we see them make the gym and then Heifer and Rocco like come to the yes. gym? For I think episode? it would be a side show. So it would take place like at the same time. Yes. Okay. Concurrently. So all the businesses that they show or they are shown to own uh-huh. during the show, it would be about those businesses. I can totally get down with that. Yeah. That would be, that Chameleon would be million brothers. Yeah. Come into Nickelodeon. Chameleon bros. 2019. I would watch it. You're I would welcome. watch it in a heartbeat. You're welcome. Nickelodeon. Yeah. Now send us those fat HS. <laughs> uh, so that's that's good, man. Yeah, those are pretty good spinoffs. I think that, we've given the network something to think about. Oh, uh, a lot to think. I about. think we've given people things to think about. But I'm going to put this game out. We're going to make this more of a public game too. So we've okay. called for a couple Twitter conversations so far in this episode. If you have a great spinoff idea of a show that you love, or even a little known show that doesn't have a spinoff yet. Tweet to us what your spinoff concept is and what show it comes from, and then so we can engage with you and tell you if it's a good idea or a bad idea. And beyond that, reach out to us for lots of things. Yeah. Reach out to us because you want to say, hey, reach out to us because you tell us that you miss us. Or reach out to us because you want to ask us a question mm-hmm. like we're about to come up to now with our 5 by 5 segment. So uh, reach out to us for any number of reasons. We want to hear from you. This is a great episode. Tell us about it. <laughs> this is a terrible episode. Don't tell us about it. Yeah. 
this is the episode that you really didn't know you wanted, but ended up getting anyway. This is the episode that made your grandmother regain her hearing. You like this episode so much, you want to see a spinoff made out of it. This was an episode that somehow brought life back to your paralyzed legs. (laughs) (laughs) All right, you got me on that one. That was ridiculous. Uh, so anyway, yeah, reach out to us. We were on the Facebook at High Five the Podcast. We are also on Instagram at High Five the Podcast. We are on Twitter at High the Number Five the Podcast. And you can also find us on Letterboxd, which is L E T T E R B O X D dot com. And you can just search High Five the Podcast and you'll find us. Or as always, you can just reach out to us directly through our website, which is High Five the Podcast dot com. Or um, you can email us directly with questions, concerns, ideas for future episodes at my five at high five the podcast.com. All letteros, new numeros. Correct. So uh, so yeah, drop us a line. Also, don't forget if you listen to us on Stitcher, iCloud, iCloud, iTunes, so you can save it to their iCloud. Uh, then don't forget to give us a rating and leave yeah. us a comment. That stuff really helps. Preferably all five-star ratings. Preferably. Um, but if you feel the need to do a one-star rating, change it to a five-star. And then tell us why. Yes. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, do those things, and we'll be back next week with more High Five Funny. All right. High Five, guys. High Five! And that's a wrap, everybody. Cut, Casper. That's a wrap. Cut, printed. What happens in the next reel? Cut. Okay, that's a print. Okay, cut. That's a wrap. That's a wrap, people. Now let's get the hell out of here.